how you sabotage your own growth when you don't plan for it intentionally. This actually starts with a funny story. So the other day I was taking Luna to this area in the city where there's a line of about 12 to 15 food trucks every day. As I'm in line waiting to order, I ended up watching a business lesson unfold right in front of me. With these trucks, they are always taking orders and also calling out the names of the finished orders for pickup at the same time. And so as the lady was giving somebody their order, the guy looked inside the bag and was like, can I get a fork? And the lady told him, we don't have any more, and just turned her attention to take another order. The guy's face twisted up with an obvious mixture of, how do you not have forks for the food I just paid for? How are you not even going to say sorry about it? And how are you just going to say it in a way like, now it's my problem to figure out? He walks off, pissed off in search of a fork from another truck, while she was now in the middle of telling the people ahead of me there was no forks, because they saw what happened and started questioning her like, wait, you have nothing, like not even a spoon? So then they decide not to order at all, and they just walk off. Now Luna really loves the food from this truck, otherwise I would have been out of the line too. But I stepped up to order and she says to me, you can order, but we have no forks for you to eat it with. Is that okay? So you know every day laid back Ashley is thinking, sure, cool, whatever, I can find a fork somewhere, no big deal. But business Ashley is thinking, are you serious? How can you even ask me that? You're not giving me the ability to fully experience what I'm paying you for. I, as the consumer, should not have to figure this out. Do you think that's okay? So a compromised mixture of, no, it's not okay business-wise that you don't have forks, but I'll still go ahead and put my order in and I'll figure out how to find my own fork came out. Then she says to me, well, I've had 87 people today, and I usually do the silverware packs where it has knives, forks, and spoons, but I ran out of them. And again, Business Ashley is running through my mind like, okay, so obviously you had enough food for 87 people. You should have had enough of everything that was needed for the food. And everything you just told me, I should never have to know because it's not my problem as the consumer. But at this point, I just nod my head because I just didn't want to get into a conversation with this woman when she obviously wasn't in a mental space to have one. She was defensive and stressed, which I totally understand because I've been in that place you know, many times. So we get our food. I snag a fork from another truck for ordering a drink. And as I was sitting there, I was thinking, what are the forks within my own business model? What is something that if the best case scenario of intense growth happened would actually become a problem that I would have to solve or it would present a situation where I had to rework the structure or approach of my business model? What are the tiny supporting elements that can make or break the consumer experience that I'm not currently putting enough significant attention to? It also got me thinking about the irony of how we all sacrifice and almost kill ourselves to get our businesses off the ground, to get people to take an interest, and yet we don't take the time in our development and involvement to plan for the growth we are working towards. I think there are a few different reasons why it happens, but most of them fall within the following six reasons. Number one, deep down we are hypothetically hoping for it, but it feels like a birthday wish instead of a planned possibility. Number two, Our minds don't have experience with what it looks like to play at a level of such intense success and the uncertainty causes doubts, which sometimes causes us to sweep the details of what it takes under the rug to worry about later. Three, our faith level hasn't elevated enough to believe for levels beyond what we see as possible. Number four, planning for bigger levels reveals more questions that need to be answered and it can feel like a can of worms that you just don't want to open. Number five, There can be a low level of self-sabotage going on as a means of self-defense to avoid disappointment. Sometimes you can rationally justify if that you never planned for it. 
and it didn't happen, you couldn't possibly get disappointed. Number six, we never thoughtfully put ourselves in the shoes of the people believing and investing in us to see how each element of what we deliver feels like on the receiving end, literally, not just in theory. Here's the problem though, when you don't move past any of those and plan for growth, you run the risk of the following situations happening. You could make a terrible first impression and sometimes you don't get a second chance to fix it. The story that gets told about your brand stands out for the wrong reason. Distraction, annoyance, and disappointment will always stand out to people and then that becomes their associative memory when it comes to your brand. You could end up turning away the interest in business you've worked so hard to attract. And overall, you could lose credibility. But there are ways to begin preparing and positioning your mind and your business for growth. Here are my top five to begin to plan for levels of success you haven't quite seen yet. Number one, ask the right questions to yourself. Are there areas in your business where you think about and you get that uneasy, kind of stressful feeling that rises up in you? That's a huge sign that maybe it's an area of your business that hasn't been thought through enough. Ask yourself what parts really bother you, and that will be a huge clue to what needs more of your attention. Number two, get out of denial. In essence, not planning intentionally for success has the same behaviors and mindsets as being in denial about being successful. So everything you're doing now is counterintuitive and counterproductive because you're working towards a goal you can't sustain since you haven't aligned with it yet. Number three, identify and write out your holes. Just having them written gives them significance, and when you do that, you'll begin to create a space for the solution. You don't have to figure everything out all at once. You just need to assign priority to the fact that solutions and attention is needed. Number four, look for problems to solve. Real leaders don't turn a blind eye to potential problems or issues. They seek them out because they want to be incredibly proactive about putting a solution in place before it's needed. The solution might not even be the best one, but it's something to build on and something to fall back on in that it can be reworked if needed, meaning it's better than completely being unprepared. Anticipating need is a priceless boss behavior. Number five, list out all of the components that fulfill your consumer experiences down to the itty bitty tiny details and make each one have a significant part in the workflows that you plan for. Those itty bitty details like the fork need to have as much significance as the bigger details, like the food.